0: They're taking what you're saying to them, and they're hoping that you are what you talk. Let's be about everything we drop, because we're going to get tested on it. If, if, if the people on the street don't test us on it, God's going to oh, test us on the
1: Kill the Mockingbird, Truth or Report, with Sean Chris and Sebastian Favre. T.T.G.S.T.B.A.
2: Wake up! Wake up,
1: America! Wake the fuck up, we'll get the fuck
3: up! Yeah, yeah, what is up? It is November 1st, 2020, a couple days out of the election. This is Kill the Mockingbird, our truth report. I'm your host, Sean Christ with my co-host, Sebastian Farr. What's up, C-bass? Not much, man. I'm
4: doing well. How about yourself?
3: Good, man. You know, just here to drop some truth bombs on the people.
4: Yeah, yeah. Let's do it.
3: Headline. Boom. So what you got for us today, C-Bass?
4: Uh, first and foremost, I think uh, a pretty prominent news story that grabbed my attention uh, from Real News Australia. New bill to allow foreign forces and troops to be used on Australian soil. Coming to uh, a nation near you, I'm sure.
3: Oh, most definitely. Damn, yeah. That, that's what our biggest fears here is, is the UN forces to put their boots on the ground in America. Yep, yep. I think that's one of the biggest things that we don't talk about cuz the the globalist army is the UN.
4: Absolutely. And it, it's it's such a easy way to kind of morally justify a very harsh and authoritarian occupation of a country when it's not done by the same you know soldiers from that country.
3: Speaking of, here's another little report that uh, I've heard. I I, I, I want to see what your thoughts on this are. I want to
5: bring you some uh, breaking news. uh, and This relates to an incident in Nice, in France. Uh, We we believe there's been a a knife incident there, a knife attack. One person um, is reported to have lost their lives. No independent confirmation of that at this stage. But we are hearing from the Interior Ministry that uh, a police operation is underway.
3: About the terrorist attack in Nice, France. Uh
4: Oh, man, that that hit close to my heart because I was actually traveling through Nice uh, last summer uh, around June 2019. And uh, beautiful town, really friendly people, and it's tragic, but um, it it, kind of requires you to, unfortunately, have to pick a side against... what is and what is not free speech? And unfortunately, with some re- religious ideologies that we have in the world, it, it doesn't co coherently like flow and sync with uh, some Western ideologies of free speech. and it it it's tragic because people take it as blasphemy from the Islamic side of things and then justify violence. and it. I don't see this going in any sort of positive direction.
3: Well, I kind of think it uh, brings back the the terrorist boogeyman uh, to combine with the virus boogeyman. And I think oh, what yeah. they're trying to do is, um, again, further divide us. So then we go like, well, what will we accept as censorship, right? So I think that's going to also put censorship back on the table to where everybody's going to be like, well, you know, what can and can't we say? what is off limits and I've noticing that there's a lot of stuff off limits language is becoming off limits. Now it's becoming a certain re- like making fun of people. Now a satire is now going to become censorship. That's going to be a very troublesome
4: path. Absolutely. Um, and you're seeing it day by day, uh, various channels, personalities, accounts on social media platforms across the board are all getting deplatformed and censored, you know, by by the dozen, if not more.
3: And with more like the reports, like with some another headline I got was a, uh, which I we talked a little bit about some of these, but like the New York uh, New York Post reports, uh, NYPD deploys robot dog after a woman shot in Brooklyn parking dispute. And basically, what happened was they had a dispute over a parking space, and. With the, I believe it was two gentlemen, and then a man. One of the gentlemen pulled a gun, shot, tried to shoot the dude, but ended up shooting the wife. And then he was on the run, and he was in a basement. So they deployed the robot dog to go to retrieve him. Basically, it's just a little bit Orwellian for me.
4: <laughs> oh, very much so. If any sort of like disassociation from human to human interaction like that, especially with law enforcement. Is uh, a recipe for disaster. At the end of the day,
3: yeah, that that that's something that I don't think we can really put too, put up with too much. You know.
4: Uh, hopefully, we actually have a choice. I feel like with the the COVID restrictions, you're already seeing it in European countries for sure. They're using drones and stuff to enforce lockdown measures. Oh so. yeah
3: that that that's for sure like in uh a lot of the european states uh countries are are locking down already too
4: yep that second wave lockdown that yeah. manufactured uh it's the sec- uh, stage two pandemic i guess you could call it
3: <laughs> and then we got uh with the blaze report we got u.s marshals recover 45 missing children arrest 179 in human trafficking sting operation autumn hope This mission is believed to be the largest anti-human trafficking operation in Ohio's history. So there is some good news out there that uh, things are working in the favor. And as you said in the past, uh, this does uh, uh, shred a kernel of truth towards some of the QAnon conspiracies.
4: Yeah, and I think you don't have to be a QAnon follower to necessarily understand and comprehend that there is a massive uh systemic issue with our society and human trafficking especially at like various levels of uh the criminal elements and then we're seeing it with epstein and just lane maxwell you know political yeah. manipulation it, it's there for sure so i uh, for me, I can never really poo-poo any uh, any theory of critical thought, even if it goes as you know some pretty well out there thoughts. Like I can I, I can consider it and have the debate, and you always have to have that intellectual argument. I feel.
3: Yeah, for sure, and then you have to have the ability to uh, uh, look at the truth, and and if there is evidence, then you should shine some light to it. Now. The, to just shun it completely is uh and say it's irrelevant is not true because we know that human trafficking is a real thing it is something that we are dealing with and i think that if they would more acknowledge that and i would like to see a lot of the people just kind of be like yeah you're right human trafficking is horrible don't fucking accuse me of that like that's what i would like yeah. to see
4: yep and it i feel like the amount of stories coming out are with just the U.S. Marshals rather than the FBI. Is what? What is the FBI doing, man? Mm-hmm. They just sit on cases. I feel like.
3: <laughs> well, what they do is they sit on cases, and then they uh, trot out these uh, pretty much theatric cases, like the one in uh, my my state, the alleged uh, plan to kidnap our governor.
2: Now the right, thing is. Right
3: the main guy that rallied everybody together was an FBI informant. So if he's the one that's putting the strategies together, then it's going to get thrown out. You know what I mean? So it was just the one that they could throw out there and look like they are doing some work, but really it was nothing.
4: Yeah. It it looked kind of staged from, from where I was sitting and kind of like, uh, almost like fuel for the fire for the media to kind of point the finger at, you know, other elements outside of, what they prefer to support.
3: And in election news, we got Hillary reveals she's an electoral college elector in New York. That's uh what's it called? Uh I don't know if that's uh something that we should be allowing. I don't know, man. Seems it like definitely a conflict, like a of, conflict interest. of
4: interest. Yes. yes. Um a former candidate who's run for the office of POTUS Multiple times, has connections to that office through marriage and everything. Like, and that fi- that family and the nepotism and that kind of little political dynasty they got going, in connection with other families, is uh, sh- uh she should be nowhere near.
3: Yeah, she's part really of the like Bush clan. Politics. Uh, and then also, especially when it's been proven that she, there was corruption in the DNC to get her her nomination, plus when it was already proven that she's the one that, like, kind of pushed for the dossier and all that, the whole Russia hoax, you know what I mean? Yep. The whole Russia the hoax was
4: yep. pretty much on her. It really was. And it, it, it goes to show she was, like, the front runner for the deep state and... As much as, like, you can dislike Trump, I feel like we dodged a bullet by not electing another Clinton, like, herself.
3: Well, I heard someone say it, and I, was, I was laughing. I think it was No Agenda podcast, and they were like, you know, if Hillary was president right now, uh, we'd be in jail.
4: <laughs> Potentially very true. Yeah. Um, I feel like thought crime is very much on, uh, on the, table. the agenda of uh, a lot of these political elements that are at uh, play.
3: And since we're talking about the whole...
6: Another Russia, Russia, Russia hoax?
3: Let's go with the the, uh, the good old Hunter Biden. And this is where I wanted to, like, when uh we were talking earlier, putting everything together, where I'm going to do a little comparison of an article written by more predominantly the farther left and then a uh, Tucker Carlson uh, segment with uh, Glenn Greenwald which is basically a righty and a lefty uh, telling us how everything's fucked up. And then, you know, we'll go over this and let's dissect it. You know what I mean? We'll, like, dissect it and see what we, the conclusion we come from it. So the headline reads, How a Fake Persona Laid the Groundwork for a Hunter Biden Conspiracy by Ben Collins. It says, One month before a purported leak of files from Hunter Biden's uh, laptop, a fake intelligence document about him went viral on right wing Internet, asserting an elaborate conspiracy theory involving former vice president Joe Biden's son in business in China. The document, a 64 page composition that was later dismissed by close associates of President Donald Trump, appears to be the work of fake intelligence firm called typhoon investigations according to researchers and public documents the author of the documents a self-identified swiss security analyst named martin aspen is a fabricated identity according to analysts by disinformation researchers who also concluded their aspen profile picture was created with an artificial intelligent face generator the intelligence firm that aspen lists as his previous employer said that no one by the name had ever worked for the company and that no one by the name lives in Switzerland, according to public records and social media searches. They go on and on. The article is pretty uh, lengthy, and they go into the how this fake persona pretty much... A
4: pretty interesting, um, I guess, story, yeah. if I had to put it that way. It feels kind of fabricated and, like, suits the Stretching the truth. It's missing all sorts of uh, potential for the you know, Hunter Biden scandal to be real.
3: Yeah, it seems like to me that they're fishing to uh, discredit any sources that do come out. They, right. They're they trying to be like, ah, see, there's this, this other fake uh, thing that was started by the bride, and this is probably fake too. So I think they're trying to discredit because it's funny because that story came out the same day as this same uh, Tucker Carlson episode. So this is the clip. It's a long clip, it's about five minutes, but uh, I think it's gonna be very beneficial to all of us. We'll run through it and then we'll break
7: it down. Glenn Greenwald has thought a lot about that question. Greenwald is a traditional leftist. He's committed above all to forcing transparency on people who hold power. Years ago, Greenwald co-founded a news site called The Intercept. Today he resigned. In a statement, Greenwald explained why, quote, The Intercept's editors, in violation of my contractual right of editorial freedom, censored an article I wrote this week, refusing to publish it unless I removed all sections critical of Democratic presidential candidate Joe Biden, the candidate vehemently supported by all New York-based Intercept editors involved in this effort at suppression. And he went on. Greenwald's full statement is up tonight at an internet platform called Substack, which is not yet censored. No matter who you plan to vote for next week, we recommend that you read it. Glenn Greenwald joins us tonight. Glenn, thanks so much for coming on. The idea of you resigning from sure. a, a news organization you helped found is 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 st- stunning. Tell us why you did.
6: Well, the news organization that I co-created was in 2013 at the height of the Snowden reporting. I left The Guardian to do it because I was seeing that there were a lot of constraints imposed on journalism and their ability, our ability, to report freely against governments, against power centers, against all kinds of institutions that wield authority. And the premise of the news outlet the core overarching premise, the reason it was created was to ensure that journalists would always have complete journalistic independence and editorial freedom, never have to pull punches journalistically or pay homage to pieties because of the preferences, the partisan or ideological preferences of editors or of anybody else. That was the core founding idea and vision. And then that is what makes it so amazing that at the very outlet that I co-created that was built on my reputation, my credibility, my journalistic accomplishments, then tried to intervene to censor me six days before an election because I wanted to publish reporting and analysis about the evidence that raises serious questions about the conduct of the candidate that all of the editors at that outlet vehemently and enthusiastically support.
7: I would imagine that some of our viewers don't read The Intercept, you live outside our country, which is one of the reasons I think you say what you think is true. Tell us what this portends for the future here in the United States. So The Intercept was actually,
6: for a while, a unique publication. And, and and I think the vision I just described is one reason. But another was that it was intended, above all else, to be highly skeptical of the yes. claims of intelligence agencies. At the time when we were doing the reporting, the attacks were coming from the NSA, the CIA, the deep state against me, against my source, Edward Snowden, and against the reporting. And we knew they were lying constantly and in disseminating propaganda in a very powerful way. So we set out to say, we're going to investigate them. We're going to be skeptical of them are going to subject their assertions to critical scrutiny. And I am so embarrassed and angered that the media outlet that I created, along with two other excellent journalists, to do that, the only article it published about all of these documents that have emerged about Joe Biden, other than a column of mine where I denounced Facebook and Twitter for censoring it, was an article that made reference in passing to those documents very snidely and dismissively to say that no one should pay attention to it because it was Russian disinformation and it cited a letter from John Brennan, James Clapper, Mike Hayden, and the rest of the goons from the CIA and the intelligence community asserting it. And we're still, that letter said, we have no evidence that Russia's involved in any of this. The Intercept omitted that phrase, simply cited that letter to try and encourage people to ignore this evidence on the grounds that Russia had manufactured it and that the evidence was fabricated, even though there's never been any evidence for that, that that's been true. And everything since has disproven it, showing Russia was not involved in any of this and no Nobody, certainly not even Joe Biden, disputes that these emails are, uh, and other text messages are completely real and authentic.
3: So I'm going to pause it right there. We're going to uh, break that because since it's such a long clip. I'll pause it and we'll, we'll uh, try to dissect some of the things that he was saying. But it's just like he's really on the whole censorship and the CIA uh, taking over the whole Mockingbird media.
4: Absolutely. He he absolutely just was slaying everybody uh from the corporate establishment media. Um he really kind of for me was kind of highlighting I, I'm sure you're familiar with Immortal Technique and yes. that he had to jam as the fourth branch or the fourth branch. Yep. Um and the media is the fourth branch of that government, of that, you know, the deep state establishment. The corporate State aligned with the political oligarchy, really.
3: Yeah, and, and they're really... And then now with this whole uh, rogue CIA that's kind of just pretty much everybody's scared of them. They just do whatever they want. So they, if you don't stand yeah. in line, you know, they had that famous... Uh, Chuck Schumer was like on CNN and he goes... And when he says about Trump, he goes, I don't know why he's crossing these guys. They got six ways to Sunday or whatever the old uh, phrase is to, uh, to get you that. back. So yeah. we know that... This is bullshit. And the media, like the so he started a news agency and he left it because they're censoring yeah. him.
4: yeah the the editors are censoring the guy who founded that agent, that, that is... independent agency. Uh, it, it's wild. Um, and I guess it kind of goes to show, it's like you gotta really retain control of your own speech and be an independent voice one hundred percent of the oh, way. one hundred You can't compromise. And, yeah, like, I understand when, like, it's a big, you know, persona, personality, and they want to, like, branch out and expand their message, and they're bringing people in. But he gave away his kind of, his voice there. Yeah. He gave his, he gave the power to the editors above him, and he brought in people that were willing to censor him.
3: Yep. And that's why he said, you know what, I'm out of here. You know, we built something good, but obviously it's becoming another censorship because Biden probably aligns with what they want. That's what a lot of people don't get. Like, people are mad at, like, a lot of the rappers right now, you know, like 50. I think he went back and said he was just kidding, which it sounded like he was kidding to me anyways. But uh, a few other rappers, you know, Ice Cube, who pretty much just... Uh, said a few things. Little Wayne recently now has uh, endorsed uh, Trump, and people are like, "Oh, yeah, well, that's just because they're tax, you know, they they want lower taxes." And I'm like, "Well, that's why people vote. People vote if it affects them personally." And people are like, "Oh, that's yeah. so selfish." And I'm like, "Well, you would probably do the same thing because people are doing the same thing with Joe Biden. They are choosing him because they know that his agenda aligns up with their with their agenda. So that's why they want to vote
7: for
4: him." Yeah, I feel like for a lot of the younger folk it it's because they believe that like trump's a you know climate change denialist or whatever and biden is not and he he has that he apparently he flip-flops enough to convince people that he's willing to both end the oil industry and you know bring in the green new deal but i feel like he's just telling people what they want to hear mm-hmm at the same time, that's enough to get people who are, you know, on the anti-Trump train to vote for him. Oh, for sure. For sure.
3: It's easy to sway when they already when you already despise somebody. So what they did was a and like I said, I am not a Trump supporter. I say it many times because I think that people could see that I'm seeing everything with clarity. Like I'm not looking at things as uh, I'm on this team. I'm on that team. I'm on either team. And to me, it seems like I still think that Trump is c- the controlled opposition. He's the one where that like, where you vote for him and he does stuff that you that you're like, fuck, we're screwed. Biden is just in your face, like, yeah, we're gonna do this globalist shit. You can vote for it, so it's like you can choose for the trickery or you can choose for the straight in your face, because like Biden's yeah. not hiding it. One, yeah, bit.
4: absolutely. He he broadcasts it to uh, all parts of his uh, support base, I guess.
3: Yeah. So let's finish off this clip. In the, uh, and I think because he really in the next half, he really goes off because he's talking about how the state and the censorship and everything. So uh, then we'll dissect that. It's
7: horrifying. So what you're watching is agencies of the U.S. government turning their awesome and unconstrained powers against the American population.
6: This is the real story of the last four years of the Trump administration, which is that for a long time on the left there was a healthy skepticism of the CIA. Yes, there, was. there was a lot of anti-war activism in the Bush and Cheney years. Um, that has all disappeared and the reason it's disappeared is because the CIA from the very first days of the Trump administration, even before he was inaugurated, devoted themselves to sabotaging the administration because Donald Trump questioned just a few of their pieties and that can't be done in Washington. Whoever does that must be destroyed and so the CIA and the deep state operatives became heroes of the liberal left, the people who support the Democratic Party, they're now in a full union with the neocons, the Bush-Cheney operatives, the CIA, Silicon Valley and Wall Street. That is the union of power along with mainstream media outlets that are fully behind the Democratic Party, which is likely to at least take over one branch of government, if not all of them, win the coming election. And that is a very alarming proposition because they're authoritarian. They believe in censorship and they believe in suppression of information that exposes them in any kind of a critical light.
7: For a U.S. government agency to try and disseminate propaganda within the United States, I mean, is there any, any clearer attack on democracy than that? So when we were doing the Snowden reporting, one of the things that Brought
6: ed, induced Edward Snowden to come forward as someone who had worked in the CIA and the NSA was his anger and horror that the tools of the NSA had been turned on the American people. They're supposed to spy right. on foreign adversary governments, but they weren't. They were collecting our phone records. Same with the CIA. They're trained disinformation agents. That's what they do. They lie for a living. But they're supposed to do that in other countries where we want to induce some sort of change, overthrow a government, topple a regime, whatever "quote unquote" interference the U.S. government wants to do. The way we're also upset that. Russia did in 2016. That's what they're trained to do. The law, though, and the obvious foundational prohibition on having a, a security state, a national security state after World War II, was it was never supposed to be turned domestically. They weren't supposed to be involved right. in our politics or disseminating propaganda. Go turn on any of those other cable networks or pick up the op-ed page of any of the biggest newspapers, and all you'll see are ex-members of the CIA, the DOJ, the FBI, the NSA telling Americans what they ought to believe. They've in infiltrated the means of communication domestically they do it through leaks they do it through clandestine operations and through lies they propagandize the american people in a way that is incredibly dangerous no matter what your ideology is
3: I, I, uh, the, the crazy thing is like he said better than i could say the whole reason why i even started this podcast is that <laughs> is that i was it,
4: about to say he, <laughs> he's the forerunner of that message <laughs>
3: <laughs> Most definitely, because it's to kill the Mockingbird. It's to kill the Operation Mockingbird. It's all these CIA uh, assets and all these ex-CIA uh, operatives that are now in the media.
4: Absolutely. Absolutely.
3: Trying to tell us what's the next war we should go to? Tell us why it's so important to believe in the Syria hoax that was debunked by the Gray Zone. Who's n- who is a left? See, that's what everybody thinks. It's only getting censorship on the right, but they don't realize that the left is. The uh, Twitter has been uh, censoring the Gray Zone heavily because they have uh, written a lot of articles proving that the Syria uh, gas attack of Assad was a hoax.
2: It was right. false.
4: It's wild. Um, I feel like the the corporate media has definitely twisted the the Democratic Party from being anti-war to being, you know, for more domestic policies rather than, like, even paying attention to that. For where sure. Where they used to be the anti-war party.
3: And the people party and the, you know what I mean? That's why they still get that reputation, but they're neoliberals now. They're all pro-war.
4: And the neocons have aligned with them. It's kind of just, you can't really look at Democrat or Republican labels. It's kind of uh, who's for humanity and who's for a globalist agenda.
3: (laughs) Yeah, I I agree. And I also think that could lead us into the next clip that I had. This is is the last clip I got on our regular news. And then we could go into the uh, Orwellian future of uh, COVID. (laughs) But I got a uh ilhan omar i thought this was interesting this is uh, I think it's called access or something like that it's like a hbo um type of news and i thought it was interesting what she said so here's one of the these are shorter clips here's one of the short clips
2: if biden's elected are there any positions that you think a progressive democrat should absolutely be in this spot in a biden administration
5: I would say all of the cabinet (laughs) positions should be filled by progressive Democrats.
3: Now, see, like, people would probably think that sounds innocent because, you know, she's a progressive. Of course, she's going to want progressives. But this is the problem I have with it, is that if you think only your ideology is right and that we can only... Uh, learn from your ideology then you're trying to block out all other ideologies and that's not what America's about to me America's about a bunch of ideologies learning from each other growing and improving humanity
4: facts and it's it's all about compromise and working together that's the way the system was designed and that's where I'm the red flags and not necessarily saying those red flags are communist flags they kind of are I feel like But that progressive far leftist movement is very intolerant of any sort of thought or idea that's outside of their sphere of, uh, you know, positive uh, outlook on that.
3: Yeah, and they paint it as as far as like it's uh they're just defending themselves from far right activists, which I'm not saying that there isn't attacks. Obviously there's attacks on both sides like uh you know politically whether in the media, but it's been heavily handed on the left side right now and not just that that me as an independent, a lot of these progressives don't even listen to me. A lot of these progressives like Ilhan Omar and AOC don't listen to people like Jimmy Dore, who is a true progressive that is for humanity. That's why I like That's what a true progressive is. These progressives are just progressives so that they could get elected and get whatever ideology them or their puppet masters want.
4: Yeah, it's a very much uh, power hungry kind of driven agenda with that uh, train of thought. I feel like. Yeah, and this they want the power, and they're gonna do whatever it takes to get it.
3: Yes, I totally agree, And, and that's why everybody thinks like, oh, well let's uh, put all our eggs in one basket with Joe because we'll get Joe to get the Democrat Party nod, and then we can get what we want. That's what the plan is.
4: Yep, yep. And very it's very much kind of coming through like Kamala Harris is, I would not identify her as a, any sort of progressive. She's very much an authoritarian in my opinion. Yes. But she is uh, singing the right... Uh, the right hymns to that crowd. And she's appealing to that that part of that Democrat base to, you know, get that vote. And at the end of the day, we all know Joe Biden is pretty much a puppet to yeah. to his to whatever he needs to do, like to get uh, his support rallied around him.
3: Well, I think that they finally also to have uh, found a way the Democratic Party has found a way to use the progressive ideology to use more to to go with their uh, technocrat plan that they've had in place so they see that it aligns with some of the agenda they have so they're like oh well they want this well we since they want defund the police that's perfect for them they'll go They're we can defund them and build what we want and we can have more facial recognition pre-crime AI algorithms to uh, predict crime to find the bad areas so they'll, they'll be locking people it will be minority report it will be similar to what is going on with the Uyghurs right now in uh, China
4: Yep, it's the blueprint that they want to roll out on the whole of society with this new world order
3: and there's been plenty of uh people that have called it out like keith oberman he had that whole lock up any supporter that's a trump supporter or whoever uh
4: oh yeah i saw that
3: yeah. <laughs> and this is the other piece to that omar let's this is like the last i thought was interesting as well
2: if that's the case why do you think that joe biden's the nominee if he doesn't
7: support all these policies
5: I think sometimes there's a disconnect, really, in um, the, the 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 person <laughs> that that you might believe um, should should lead, and the policies that you might believe should um, be implemented. We know at every single um, exit poll, you know, Medicare for all. Um, was 60%, 70%, 80% in some places um, throughout the primary. And, you know, those were not only the places where Bernie was leading. They were places where Joe was leading. And so that should signal to Joe Biden that these people trusted me to lead, but these were the policies that they want me to lead on. Um, and, you know, act accordingly.
3: See, that that's really confusing to me because I'm like, wait, you want to vote for a leader in one aspect and then the other aspect, but you want different policies. Well, wouldn't you vote for the person that aligns with your policies?
4: Well, I think it's kind of, they have to gather their forces under one, you know, banner. Um, I don't think... I I mean, they're not... I feel like the far-leftist progressive movement gets labeled as, like, kind of... They get demeaned a lot by the right. Mm -hmm. But they're not stupid. I think they know they have to go for a candidate that's highly electable. And maybe they're just really out of touch and they thought Joe Biden was the one because he has that, like, name recognition and, you know, a history, you know... Being VP to Barack Obama, it um, it really feels like because he's very manipulated, like uh, easily manipulated and controlled. Um, I don't know. I would say like they're 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 hedging their bets on having an easily controllable moderate candidate rather than an unelectable far leftist.
3: Yeah, they're what they're trying to do is that yeah, exactly 100%. They're they that's why they're calling him the Trojan horse because it yep. seems like they're just like, yeah, well this is the guy. So that's false. And like she's just trying to paint it pretty to make it look like, oh, well the thing is, you know, sometimes you believe in one guy, but you don't like his policies, you just like how he looks and how he talks. So I'm yep. like, what? Yeah.
4: That
3: that's not yeah. how it works.
4: It really shouldn't it should be on you no. Know. Voting record, history, and what their actual policies are going forward. But I feel like it's become so partisan, kind of hyper uh, radicalized. Like everyone's just, you know, picking their side rather than standing on their own personal beliefs and morals.
3: Oh, yeah. I'm with you on that 100%. I think they uh, just try to put the pieces together the best they can as it falls. So they like keep trying to change their words. They know what they want to do. The plan is to have facial recognition, social credit scores, the Chinese blueprint, uh, the globalist plan, the one world government and the progressive ideas push that because they, they push ideology. I mean, um, identity politics, ide- ideology. So that's what they want to divide the people. And they, they like that tool. And I think that some of these progressive leaders are not who they say they are. Like AOC has proven to be a puppet, and she is just saying what her puppet masters want. She's just a literal figure that just talks. And that and <laughs> she
4: is a literal puppet.
3: <laughs> yeah, she. I forgot that <laughs> you guys look
4: her past and everything, and like how her, you know, her staff around her.
3: Yeah, she acts like she's and, some broke uh, that she came from. Like this, she came from a nice home. Like like she came from the suburbs, first of all.
4: Yeah, and she went to private school. Yeah. I'm pretty sure.
3: Yeah, and then and then for her to, like, well, one of the things I know there was a little controversy with her since we're talking about her. This week, there was that, uh, she did, like, some Vanity Fair cover, and then, like, I don't know if she was gifted or she borrowed or whatever, but she had, like, a $14,000 suit on, right? And people were, like, you know, criticizing her. I thought you were for the people. Now, my thing is, if it was gifted, why didn't she auction that and then use that money to for her constituents if she's for the people?
4: Yeah, yeah. Especially like, you know, after the photo shoot or whatever, like yeah. Um, but on top of that is like, is she declaring that as a gift on her own tax records as a politician, a representative? Probably, I mean, she should be if she isn't.
3: I think what she tried to brush it up. Well, and this is the thing that made me mad, is that her response was uh, basically. To tell, like it was a typical like Instagram model like response. She was like, "If Republicans need uh, tips on dressing, da da drink water and don't be racist." That was her thing, and I was like, eh, <laughs> "Come on, man! Like, so, so, so you're a phony. She's a phony. She's not for the people. She pretends she is, but she's not." Yeah. Well, I think we should go into the. Make no mistake, we are in the second surge. <laughs> i've seen that uh that south park did you see that yet The
4: i haven't seen it <laughs> it's only i, I think it's only that. on
3: hbo max it's uh the plandemic special it's fucking hilarious man
4: it's uh, i gotta cool.
3: check that out yeah so so let's get into the what everybody always wants to hear about is the good old coronavirus news the COVID 19 or 1984 or whatever you want to call it
4: Definitely. I, I, I like to go with the CCP virus. <laughs> there you <just> go. <laughs> a, a whole lot of communist and Marxist ideology sprung up alongside and of this. That is true. It, it can't be a coincidence. That's yeah. my ultimate theory.
3: <laughs> so I guess uh, Delta, it says Delta has banned hundreds of passengers for refusing to wear a mask. Quote, as of this week, we've added 460 people to our no-fly list for refusing to comply with our mask requirements. Delta CEO... Ed Bastin. So they're they're literally putting people in the no-fly zone uh, for not wearing a mask. Now, I, it will be noted that I read that you can, like, they're not sharing the list with uh, other airlines. So, like, if you were kicked off Southwest for not wearing a mask, you, pos- you can go to Delta. They don't know that you were kicked off Southwest. So it's not a traditional no-fly zone like terrorists, but I think that's coming.
4: Yeah, it's going to... It's being rolled out slowly, and it's going to be tied to, like, you know, uh, testing records, and then once a the vaccine comes, vaccine records and and all that jazz. And uh, it just seems so Orwellian, a, a nightmare dystopia, but we're sleepwalking into it.
3: And speaking of Orwellian, here's another one. I got this one off InfoWars by uh, Paul Watson. Sniffer dogs could be used to detect... If someone is infected with COVID, it says Health Health Minister Lord Bethel prays on extremely exciting trial taking place in the UK that tests whether dogs can be trained to identify unique odors associated with the coronavirus infection. Quote, dogs can be used as a way of screening crowds in places like airports and high density venues, said Lord Bethel from some UK health official. I was like, okay, that sounds pretty sweet. And then you go, oh, that's UK, not that big a deal, not coming here. Wait a second, here's one from my local uh, uh, in Michigan. It says, Michigan bars, restaurants must now collect names and numbers for COVID contact tracing. This is from local uh, ABC Detroit. The quote says... Uh, Michigan bars and restaurants must now collect names and phone numbers of customers of COVID-19 contact tracing under extended uh, epidemic orders. The Michigan Department of Health and Human Services announced today. So if you go to a bar out here, you have to leave your um, name and number so that if someone gets COVID, they could call you and tell you to go get Uh. tested.
4: (laughs) uh i i don't envy you bro but at the same time i'm sure that's coming everywhere my my first question is are they taking everyone's name and phone number when they go to like target and walmart uh
3: that they don't have that only restaurants and just so they're targeting yeah they're targeting (laughs) they're targeting the small business that's it, definitely, all these
4: regulations. The hammer falls hardest on these small mom and pop businesses. That's,
3: man. I think, that that, and that's part of the agenda 21, Agenda 2030 yep. is let's get rid of the small business and everybody will work for the big corporations, the big box stores, yep. and the big box factories.
4: They don't want independence, they don't want free thought, and they don't want entrepreneurship and individual aspirations. They want everyone dependent on, you know the state or their corporate overlords, basically
3: a little bit of good Uh news, but it will probably go nowhere. But it says justice department expands inquiries into New York, uh, nursing home COVID-19 death count. The department of justice, DOJ announced Wednesday. It was expanding an investigation into whether New York is undercounting the number of nursing home residents who are dying from COVID-19. Which most likely they are because there was all that big old, uh, I mean, it was a huge story. And, and, and Cuomo still uh, says it's not his fault. He will not take ownership of it. And then yet he complains and gets mad and says Donald Trump blames it on every everybody else. Same thing yeah. with our governor, Whitmer. She complains that Trump doesn't take responsibility for the deaths, yet she does not take responsibility of the actions she did by allowing them to go to nursing homes.
4: Yeah, and I think it's got to be like really f- stated because I feel like a lot of people miss this, with the uh, you know that Mockingbird Media is the regulations and the control over this lockdown stuff. That's more localized. That's on the state level. Trump has very little control over this whole COVID epidemic, and it's funny how they just try and throw every COVID death on his plate.
3: Well, at the same time, when um, is it. The United States of America or is it just like United uh, America where there's not individual states like we all have our own exactly. individual uh, state who has their own rules and breakdowns. If that's the case, then then people that were uh, using weed in California and Michigan, Colorado, they should be arrested because it's illegal federally. Yeah, there's different laws and different things uh, that need to be done in different areas. And I think that. People need to realize that, and I think also too the whole. Everybody says Corona is a hoax, but I think what they um, fail to unroll about it is it's not necessarily it's the advantage of taking advantage of a situation, and that's yep. what they've been doing. The same thing they did on nine eleven, where they see that something happened and they they stretch the truth and they put it into a narrative to where it could be beneficial to them.
4: Absolutely, um, as I say, what, what was it, Kissinger? Never let a good crisis go to waste, yes. and it's almost like this was an engineered crisis, in my opinion. Um, when they had uh, what was it? Uh, the two hundred one meeting?
3: Oh, event two hundred one.
4: Event two hundred one. Yep. That's it. Um,
3: Dark they winter two thousand one.
4: All planned out like last fall. Yep, a year ago, and then what do you know pandemic comes along that fits the very same scenario and narrative that they were uh had that drill for and here you go
3: well one of my favorite podcasts is uh uh, no agenda podcast which is adam curry who is actually uh and uh john john d i think it's dvorak there we go i almost messed up his name uh He's like they that they call him the podfather. He's like the originator of the podcast and everything, right? Well, they've been really great on the whole COVID, everything. They they have such a network of where they get great information. So I'm gonna play a couple clips that I uh, that they kind of informed me about. I didn't know about them. That's why I'm giving them shots out. You know what I mean? That's like where I sourced it from. They get a lot of information and this is about the pcr tests and this is how things are getting inflated this is why there is so many cases that's why they keep saying cases 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 infection 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 not deaths cases 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 and this is this little uh i'm going to show two clips first i'm going to show you this clip and we'll talk about it and then i'm going to throw a mind blower after that and, and again credit to no agenda for playing this shit first but here's a this is a local report from north carolina WRL W-R-A-L.
7: some experts now argue up to 70 to 80 percent of covid cases involve people with little or no live virus in their systems the reason the most common covid testing so sensitive they may be labeling too many people as positive WREL investigates Cullen Browder here to explain the debate about the science. Cullen.
8: And, and David, let's be clear the threat of COVID is real, it's spreading, it can be de- deadly, so we're not trying to downplay that in any way. The question is whether everyone who tests positive actually ha- is infected with live contagious virus. And there are some in the scientific community who believe the tests are too sensitive. North Carolinians have taken more than 3 million COVID-19 tests during the pandemic. Almost all, 97% of the positives, came through a molecular test called a polymer chain reaction, or PCR. And while the test is highly regarded as accurate when it comes to positive or negative, some in the scientific world say it provides an incomplete picture. We have found RNA shedding in evidence for 78 days. Dr. Carl Hennigan with the University of Oxford argues the black and white nature of the test is leading to an inflated number of cases. When you're picking up asymptomatic people, you have no idea if they have active infection or did they have it two months ago? Labs test for coronavirus by cycling samples to amplify the virus. Each cycle increases the virus in the sample. At the North Carolina State Lab, they'll cycle a sample up to 37 times before deciding whether it's positive or negative. At LabCorp, the main private tester in our state, the cycle threshold is even higher at 38. And the more times you do that, the less virus you start out with. WRAL Investigates went through the specs of dozens of PCR tests. The cycle thresholds range from as low as 35 to as high as 40, depending on the maker.
7: The higher that threshold goes, then the, the, the dimmer, if you will, the signal is, or translated to virus, the, the lower amount of virus is present.
8: Dr. Thomas Denny heads up Duke University's COVID testing program. He says the higher thresholds of tests do raise questions. That would be a very low signal, low-level signal. The testing labs simply report positive or negative to the state. These tests were not designed specifically
7: to identify how much virus is there, but just whether it's there or not.
8: That state lab director Dr. Scott Schoen, who doesn't buy the cycle threshold debate
7: trying to add additional layers of analysis onto a test that wasn't designed for that purpose um, can be dangerous.
8: However, Denny thinks healthcare providers use the cycle threshold results as just one diagnostic tool, along with the patient's condition and known contacts.
7: I happen to think knowing that is useful information, especially in the early days of a of a disease that we are right now.
8: As we learn more about the virus, Denny believes it's better to have testing that's too sensitive. However, Hennigan argues cycle thresholds in the high 30s lead to inflated case numbers, unnecessary quarantines and economic impacts now you can put in a threshold level which says you are infectious which is about a million
6: copies per mil in a sample which is a cycle
1: threshold
0: of about 25
3: so see that shit's fucking crazy man the pcr Uh. tests are pretty much inflating the numbers so with the more cycles that they go through the smaller sample size a uh, virus is needed to be detected. So, if you have a very small molecule of the virus, it will. That's why they're saying there's so many asymptomatic people.
4: Yep. And it's wild because this has been kind of circulating around a little bit, uh, the speculation and and some some accurate reporting and sourcing on this. But this is this has been kind of uh, talked about for a minute, and it does not get. A single bit of airtime in the mainstream media, not at all. Where it's like, what, like, where is the integrity of journalism to like question whether these tests are genuinely accurate or not?
3: Especially when they they were,
4: they just go along with it.
3: Yeah, and they were especially when they were, uh, they're just on an emergency FDA approval. It's not like, and it's not a test designed for COVID nineteen. It's just a test that they've already had that they're trying to use as an emergency kit. But the problem is, is that when they crank them up to those cycles, you're getting such a minuscule uh, amount of the of the infection that it's giving these false positives because you cranked it up. So it's going to go for and it's going to be like, is that a cold? Is that not a cold? But here's even better what no agenda did. They even did one step better. So people are going to be like, well, who are these doctors? Right. Talking about a 35 cycle and this and that. They might question it. So they found an old clip. Of Dr. Fauci on a podcast, and listen to what he has to say.
1: Sweek week oh, in sorry. virology, the podcast about viruses, the kind that make you sick. All right. There have been a number of reports uh, of patients who shed viral RNA for weeks, as determined by PCR, but doesn't seem to be infectious virus. And the real question is, are they a threat for transmission? And I'm wondering if you think we could use a a cutoff of viral loads determined by PCR to say this patient is no longer infectious, can go home, can go to a nursing facility, because right now the the physicians are really having a hard time with that. Right. Again, a good question. And what is now sort of uh, evolving into a bit of a standard that if you get a cycle threshold of 35 or more, that the chances of it being replication competent are minuscule. Mm. So that if somebody and you know we do we have patients, and it's very frustrating for the patients as well as for the physicians. Somebody comes in and they repeat. Their PCR and it's like 37 cycle threshold. But you never, you almost never can culture virus yeah. from a 37 threshold cycle. So the, I think if somebody does come in with 37, 38, even 36, you got to say, you know, it's just, it's just dead nucleotides, period. <laughs> so basically, Fauci said
3: it right there. Anything above 35 cycles. He says is 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 just dead nucleus nu- nucleotides, yeah. Meaning that like who knows how long that virus has been in there? That virus is like, and I think that that's one of the things that's not being focused on either, or even this as well. Like, uh, I got this from uh, One American News, a CDC update death counts. According to the CDC, out of the two hundred twenty thousand deaths in America, eighty seven thousand deaths were of pneumonia and influenza. 17,000, chronic respiratory disease. 26,000, respiratory uh, distress syndrome. 44,000, hypertension disease. 23,000, heart disease. 28,000, cardiac arrest, heart failure. They said something about 131,000 of those people already had, like, obviously, you know, two plus or almost three uh, pro-morbidities. So they had pre-existing conditions. As well, they said a large percent, maybe I think one third or something like that of the deaths were people that were already terminally ill. So it just begs more the question of like what are these inflated numbers and how much longer are we going to play this game of inflating cases and, and changing death certificates and and we're and people are going to believe this nonsense.
4: Yeah, and it's like, let me ask you: like, if you were them, would you be willing to admit you were wrong, or would you just pedal more of the the rhetoric to? convince your listeners that you were actually right all along.
3: Me personally I, I would just tell them I was wrong because I, I can be wrong and I know I'm not You're even a right. You're a
4: moral person that's why
3: because I know that the <laughs> these guys are not. They are not Well, and plus I think that they uh, get entangled because that's their whole life they don't have any other aspects of going into another um, avenue because the next avenue they even want to go to is going to have to relate to the job they're doing now uh, that's what happens with a lot of generals. That's why they do the things they do because they're going to go to private uh, uh, contractors after. You know what I mean? They're going to go to yeah. uh, companies that are making tanks and and different military uh, private sector jobs.
4: Absolutely. Lobbyists, all the, all the nine yards. Um,
3: but I think people just they, need to stop. They need, like what I keep saying, you got to stop complying. Don't wear the yeah. mask. Don't fucking do what they say. I mean, you, look at your governor, man. Did you? You heard of the mandates that he said for Thanksgiving, right?
4: Oh yeah, I heard <laughs> that, and I saw so much fucking hate on just my local, like you know, personal social media yeah. connections. It's like everyone's like fuck Newsom. Like, yeah, well, they you, were pissed, bro. It's like, and no one's gonna follow that. Are you kidding oh, me? Oh yeah, yeah. The, and they, like, and last night, dude, like. There's there's all these orders and stuff like, don't let your kids go out trick-or-treating. There was a bunch of kids trick-or-treating.
3: Yeah, like, I hear there was tons.
4: Almost a, a, like a normal a normal Halloween season. Yeah.
3: <laughs> and it was already falling off anyways because, like, there was a lot of trunk-or-treats and all the, you know, pedos and fucking human traffickers have scared a lot of parents to not do trick-or-treating as it used to be, like, when I was growing up and when you were growing up.
4: Uh, yeah, truly. Yeah. Um, I mean, it's almost like you could say helicopter parents, but I yeah. feel like it's almost justified when you are uh, aware of what's going the on, the amount on. of human trafficking and the threats there are out there in society.
3: Well, I think we should get right into uh, the the last segment. we will probably start wrapping this up, but before we do, like uh, uh, the last segment that we're gonna get into, I'm gonna put like because you know I've been there was so many reports that I didn't pick one in general because there was so many reports of people being scared of, like, what's going to happen with this election, people um, saying that, you know, Trump's going to be a dictator, people thinking that Biden's going to win and enslave everybody, you know. There's so much, um, like, tension right now. There's so much misinformation, but tension. Everybody, there, It's just really tense. I don't know if you feel that out there, but it seems like out here there's just a lot of tension.
4: No, I definitely feel it too, man. Um, it's the hyper-partisan is, like... Hyperpartisan stances like everyone's favorite media outlet is giving them and then maybe a bit of like schizo- like a little bit of paranoia or whatever' uh, everyone's looking out for that boogeyman when I think at the end of the day it's not nearly as bad as it could be.
3: Yeah, so I put this little clip together of kind of like, it's not everything, it's mainly clips from out here, but of like different, uh, you know, some Biden supporters and Trump supporters. So we'll play that and then we're going to get into a little bit more of a fun segment of how we will uh, pick the presidential, (laughs) who will win the presidency.
4: Okay.
2: We are once again divided at election time. I THINK THIS COULD BE ONE OF THE WORST ELECTIONS IN THE LAST HUNDRED YEARS.
8: THIS IS ABOUT FREEDOM. THAT'S, that's WHAT THIS IS ABOUT. THIS IS SIMPLY ABOUT FREEDOM FOR ALL.
6: THAT'S a, a TRUMP RALLY. IT'S NOT PATRIOTS. THOSE PEOPLE ARE SUPPORTING
5: DONALD TRUMP. IT HAS NOTHING TO DO WITH PATRIOTISM. FOR A LONG TIME, THERE WAS QUITE A FEW PEOPLE WHO DID NOT WANT TO STAND OFF. THEY WERE AFRAID OF WHAT THE BLM, THE ANTIFA, AND THE PEOPLE WHO ARE NOT WITH the Every event that these people
8: have shown at during the summer, they've brought arms, so they
6: weren't there to engage or talk, and they racially intimidated us in June and July. And uh, today we caught wind of their event, and we decided that it was our time to exercise our Second Amendment right and to make sure that we have a safe space for our people. Um, I'm wearing my body armor today because I've had threats in my life, so um, I just don't feel comfortable coming out to gatherings like this unprotected. We're fighting for equality. That is not division. It's going to be what it's going to be. Obviously, I
2: want Trump to win. I'm a
8: Trump
1: supporter.
3: But if Biden wins, Biden wins. Yeah. So, as you see, there's plenty tension (laughs) to go around. A lot of mixed messages. People think it's the end of the world and everything's going to be done. So, that's why I thought that we can go a little bit more of a fun route so instead of just uh making it all about you know the grim reaper and the world's gonna end i thought that we could do a play a little game to end this all off uh i've got a couple cuts of uh i got one a pro biting clip kind of like it's a battle rap kind of thing uh the url thing And then I'm going to play it against uh, a Donald Trump song clip. And I got two of those. And then I got someone that dissed Donald Trump. I'm going to play a clip of that. And then a song that's making fun of Biden. And then we're going to wrap it up with the last clip. And then we're going to see who we think uh, won all that. And that's how we're going to determine who's going to win the election of the United States of America.
4: (laughs) All right, dude. That sounds like a sound way of deciding this election.
3: Yeah, you know, might as well, man. Like, you know, American Idol, that shit.
4: Yeah, man. All day. Let's do it.
3: Okay, we're going to start with Biden. This is uh, a URL clip. It's uh, Charlie Clips and DNA. They did like a little ad for Biden and uh, they're doing a little battle rap session. Let's hear what they got to say.
0: We always telling each other to stay woke. That's why this time we got to use our voice and you have to vote. The facts should show Biden has a plan for African-Americans. We're not dealing with your average Joe. I see the way you looking right now, you know exactly where I'm gonna go with this. For four years we had Trump in office, and we made the most of it. But we finally got somebody that could be in office, that could give us a chance to have home ownership. I'm talking to all of you, $640 billion over the course of ten years, so we could finally get housing that's affordable. Look at him now, I got him stuck. With Biden and Harris' plan we gotta trust, cause we can't say we support Obamacare but rock with Trump. So Harrison Biden is gonna help with black ownership, huh? Okay. Maybe it's true. But what about the black colleges and all the funding for the HBCUs? Is Biden gonna follow in Obama footsteps and go all out with healthcare? Or is he gonna laugh at us like our president now while our people struggle on welfare? You see, I did my research which is exactly why I could rebuttal that. Biden and Harris planning to put $70 billion to the HBCU. We're not just talking about a couple racks, giving teachers a raise. What Trump attempted to do, they plan to double that. And as far as the rich and poor with schools, the whole goal is to end the funding gap. All
3: right, that's round one for uh, Biden and them. So that was all right. It was kind of like I thought it was a little... Uh, over the top You know Like uh, It was cool But it wasn't that entertaining Like it was trying to be factual I think that they weren't uh, I kinda Don't believe all the bullshit that, It just sounds like spin to me
4: Yeah It, it sounded a little bit uh, A little bit plastic Yeah
3: Now this This is the Trump's round one Now I don't know who made this song But let me just tell you Like it has a really good uh, Tune to it And it It sounds exciting And and, and I don't know let's, let's give it a shake Let's go
2: <laughs> I
4: don't know, man. I gotta I like give it like to you. was Donald Trump dancing to that too. Oh man.
3: man, and then even Donald Trump sounded pretty good in that. And I was like, but do you see the difference? Like the this is why I'm saying that the first one was good, but it seemed forced, right? It seemed like someone yeah. was like, hey, will you do this for some money? And they're like, yeah, for sure, I'll do that for some money. It didn't sound like they believed it what they were saying now when the other song whether they did or didn't the, there was more energy and it sounded like that's like they they sounded like they made it because they were like oh we're voting trump
4: <laughs> like genuine passion
3: there you go yeah <laughs> and i think that his base is very general has that energy and i don't see any energy yes. from biden's
4: dude i don't either it's uh it's crazy how the polls can have it so slanted one way in favor of Biden and I don't see that on the street anywhere. I see so much energy and momentum for the Trump the Trump train.
3: Now we'll go to the diss uh, song proportion. Now it was hard to find newer disses for Trump. And most of them were like, you know, uh around the first year and like 3 years ago. Um I I just picked the YG1 cuz uh they they're just both are, oh, this round is going to be 30 seconds. I picked the YG1 because um Kind of gets to the point, and I thought that uh, it goes pretty well, so let's just hop into that. Uh, round two, Biden first. <laughs> <laughs> fuck down, Trump
0: Fuck down, Trump Yeah, nigga, fuck down, Trump Yeah, yeah, fuck down, Trump Yeah, fuck down, Trump Yeah, fuck down, Trump. Yeah, Trump Yeah, nigga, fuck down, Trump Yeah, yeah, fuck down, trap.
3: So you get the message obviously with that. And see there was a little bit more <laughs> there was a little bit more energy, see. I I thought that was a good song. I've listened to that song. That's with Nipsey Hussle as well. And the, you know, there was that energy of like, you know, fuck Trump and all this stuff, but it seems to as far as the music world be not as prevalent. There is a few, you know, people going out there, you know, they you still got a couple years ago, Eminem did that verse and but it, it just like it kind of seems like it's died off, but like there is plenty of Biden songs. So, uh, for Trump's round two, uh, for the Biden diss, uh, <laughs> I picked this one. This one's a classic, man. I'm going to play 30 seconds of this. Let's see how it goes. Western.
8: Right. We hold these truths to be self-evident.
1: All men and women created by Go, oh, you, know you know the thing. Yeah, I'm gonna take Banjo to the old folks' home, cuz mine don't even work no more. Gonna take Banjo to the old folks' home, cuz mine don't even work no more. <laughs>
3: Man. The song gets better, but I didn't. I wanted to be I've fair. I've heard it. I've heard yeah. it. It's
4: quality, man. Yeah. And I have to say, like, even though it's a parody, like the creativity that went into that—that oh, yeah, that, that, that deserves a a hats off to that. And I I have to say that one was the winner of the yeah.
3: disc round. I know, and and see, I picked the best one. I thought the YG one is a very. It has a good, great beat, great flow, and everything. But man, the the comedy aspect of the Biden song just definitely wins. Yes, definitely. So, Absolutely. I thought the best way to because it was it was kind of close, but I still think on those clips, I think the the Trump clips kind of won. So, I had was running through all these songs, and I ran over something that I used to uh, listen to a lot of, and uh, I'm gonna uh, close out this segment with uh, this epic uh, rap battles in history: Biden versus Trump. <laughs>
2: She's Don't pretty good. <laughs> Barsha, Darn! It's the DJT getting it on. The Teflon taught on the White House lawn. You can't swim so like you, I'll win a third zone. Your campaigns like your family. Crash and bird. Looting and violence will keep the mega movement quiet. Hey, is this me? That's right right. Why'd you step behind the gym? I'll be standing by. You'll see how tough you are against the 45. Huh. I should have hoped for your whole party. Bigger than the one I blew Took because I'm solar money, uh. Then I go and bone on Malani, uh. I'm gonna smash you, Joe like China i got all the best cognition, with all the top grammar I'm not a little girl's shoulders, so you can't touch this MC stammer You're a disaster, exciting <laughs> like hysteria. hysteria You say I'm selling like, hate in America, you're selling like, hate in America Like with Hillary, the people aren't swayed Just Barack's shadow, and I don't really like the shade
8: The pain of
1: losing loved ones is something I have seen so I know how you must have felt when they killed Jeffrey Epstein. Rap lyrics right just ain't for you. You should stick a love letters for Kim Jong-un. You're a wrestling heel. Nothing you you's real. Bitch, you didn't even really write the art of the deal. But you tapped into the rage of Red Mad Hatters. Well, let me tell you, Trump, all lies man. I don't want to defund no police. I picked a DA for my VP. I'm not a communist. I'm not a socialist. I'm just an old ass man with some decency. Wrong. No.
2: I is tear gas from law enforcement I'll keep America great You'll unleash your Tifa And keep America like Portland's hat Ain't nothing gonna be me No person, woman, man, camera, TV Eh, they impeached me you walked out of DC looking peachy. You got the sloppy Joe, but no beef. The only white privilege I see of those teeth. Maybe teach your son a thing or two about life. Like there's no hunting season for your dead brother's wife. You and your mask and your night rider shades are getting revoked like your rover's versus Wade. There's no blue wave, forget it, not coming. Like I tell criminals, Joe, stop running.
1: Was beyond Taylor running? running? Hmm? You dog whistling fool. I think your daddy would finally be proud of you. He was a racist asshole too. What's this malarkey? Oh, yep. Keep at it and you'll end up in jail, huh? I'll take you down like a mule. And you're a mailbox. From all your wives to the SATs, everything you ever did, you just had to cheat. Cause you're too insecure to even look like a loser. You're the worst damn Republicans, since Herbert Hoover. But you scooped up a sycophantic overflow clues. Revocate the Constitution's domestic abuser. 200,000 deaths lying at your door. You think they're suckers like McCain in the Marine Corps. Sometimes I can't tell for which side you room. When we go high, you go down on poop. Oh, truth you scared to lose You got nothing in the bank That I owe you you white you, you, about balance Like a bitch But the only thing that's rigged Is taxes for the rich. you're a free freeloader Change your name to trade I can't pay You can't get down a ramp I'm pulling away faster Than your wife's hand For the love of democracy Will you shut up, man? <laughs> I, thought,
3: I thought that was a pretty And it was cool because I felt like They were pretty, um unbiased to the whole aspect of it because they were like you know they, they talked bad shit and I thought it was a good way to end it and uh, I think
4: both, both sides had me had me cracking up honestly <laughs> I
3: know that's what I liked it that, that's how comedy should be though man it should be uh, making fun of everybody equally not just uh, Absolutely. one or the other so let's let's uh, you know wrap things up you know you can follow me at kill the mockingbirds at instagram or kill underscore the mockingbirds on instagram or shoot us an email at kill the mockingbirds at gmail you know uh you can follow seabass we're gonna follow you at seabass
4: yeah i'm on instagram uh F-A-R-R dot uh, s-e-b-a-s-t-i-a-m far dot sebastian uh that's my personal account but you know i'll throw it out there
3: yeah, you know, we're, we're uh, just getting uh, our feet wet on this whole uh, truth report. This will be every uh, Saturday or Sunday. We're kind of starting to maybe like the Sunday things. We'll figure it all out. But we'll be releasing them every Monday and Tuesday. And, uh, you know, wake the fuck up or get woke the fuck up.
4: Amen.
1: It's just one more way of reducing your liberty and reminding you that they can fuck with you anytime they want. As long as you put up with it. As long as you put up with it.